doctor is saying is very shocking. I didn't have a chance to share this with you. You probably saw it already, but in case you haven't. To go untreated. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ryder. Our next witness is here in person, Dr. Pierre Corey. Dr. Corey is the former associate professor and chief of the critical care service and medical director of the Trauma and Life Support Center at the University of Wisconsin and recently joined the ICU service at Aurora St. Luke Medical Center in Milwaukee. He is board certified in critical medicine, <clears throat> pulmonary diseases, and internal medicine. Dr. Corey has traveled across multiple states in the U.S. to care for COVID-19 patients throughout the pandemic. He is also the president of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance a nonprofit organization of critical care specialists led by Professor Paul Merrick, whose mission over the last nine months has focused on the research and development of effective treatment protocols for COVID-19 using repurposed drugs. He received his MD from St. George's University School of Medicine. And I'll, I'll only add that uh, we added Dr. Corey very late to our, I think, a hearing in May uh, because I'd heard of uh, his development of, I guess, anti-inflammatory steroids in critical care on COVID. And Dr. Corey, I have to tell you, I've had doctors come up to me and thank me for holding that hearing where they listen to you change their thinking. They believe they've saved their patients' lives because of your testimony at that hearing. I, I hope your testimony will be as impactful today. Dr. Corey. Senator, thank you. And, and thank you for uh, holding this hearing. I just want to start out, I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I want to register my offense at the ranking member's opening statement. I was discredited as a politician. I am a physician and a man of science. I've done nothing, nothing but commit myself to scientific truth and the care of patients. And, and to hear that I'm here because of a political angle, I am not a politician, I'm a physician. I want to start out by saying that I'm not speaking as an individual, I'm speaking on behalf of the organization that I'm a part of. We are a group of some of the most highly published physicians in the world. We have near 2,000 peer-reviewed publications among us, led by Dr. Prof uh, Professor Paul Marek, who's our intellectual leader. We came together early on in the pandemic, and all we have sought is to review the world's literature on every facet of this disease, trying to develop effective protocols. You just mentioned that I was here in May and I touted, I wouldn't say touted, I recommended that it was critical that we use corticosteroids in this disease when all of the national and international healthcare organizations said we cannot use those. That turned out to be a life-saving recommendation. I am here again today with a new recommendation. In the last nine months, in our review of all of the literature as a group, <clears throat> again, we are some of the most highly published physicians in our specialty and the world. We have done nothing but try to figure out how to identify a repurposed and available drug to treat this illness. We have now come to the conclusion after nine months, and I, I have to point out, I am severely troubled by the fact that the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC, I do not know of any task force that was assigned or compiled to review repurposed drugs in an attempt to treat this disease. Everything has been about novel and or expensive pharmaceutically engineered drugs, things like tocilizumab and remdesivir and monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. 
we have 100 years of medicine development. We know we are expert in all the medicines we use, and I do not know of a task force that has been focused on repurposed drugs. I will tell you that my group and our organization, I will say that we have filled that void. We, that is all we have done is focus on the things we know and things we do. And I'm here to tell you, Dr. Ryder, he just presented. It was one, he has one study of the many that I wanna talk about. And I wanna talk about that we have a solution to this crisis. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. And I don't want to be sensationalized when I say that. That is a scientific recommendation based on mountains of data that has emerged in the last three months. When I am told, and I just had to hear this in the opening sentence, that we are touting things that are not FDA or NIH recommended, let me be clear. The NIH, their recommendation on Evermectin, which is to not use it outside of controlled trials, is from August 27th. We are now in December. This is three to four months later. Mountains of data have emerged from all, from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. It basically obliterates transmission of of this virus. If you take it, you will not get sick. I want to briefly summarize the data. My manuscript, again, published by some of the the, the most... We have contributed more to the medical knowledge of our specialty in our careers than than anyone else can claim as a group. And our manuscript, which was posted on Medicine Preprint Server, details all of this evidence. I want to briefly summarize it. Number one, we have evidence that ivermectin is effective not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of Ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers. Not one got sick. In the 400 that they didn't prophylax with Ivermectin, 58% got sick. 237 of those 400 got sick. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling over 1,500 patients, each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. In early outpatient treatment, we have three randomized controlled trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin, the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized controlled trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die, or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. We, again, stand by our manuscript. It is a scientific manuscript. It's been submitted for peer review. But please recognize peer review takes time. It takes months. We do not have months. We have 100,000 patients in the hospital right now dying. I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU specialist. I've cared for more dying COVID patients than anyone can imagine. 
They're dying because they can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're on high-flow oxygen delivery devices. They're on non-invasive ventilators and or they're sedated and paralyzed and attached to mechanical ventilators that breathe for them. And I watch them every day. They die. By the time they get me in the ICU, they're already dying. They're almost impossible to recover. Early treatment is key. We need to offload the hospitals. We are tired. I can't keep doing this. If you look at my manuscript, and if I have to go back to work next week, any further deaths are going to be needless deaths, and I cannot be traumatized by that. I cannot keep caring for patients when I know that they could have been saved with earlier treatment, and that drug that will treat them and prevent the hospitalization is ivermectin. This is, I am here today, oh, okay. I'm calling to action. That, the NIH, their I last recommendation was August 27th. August 27th. I want to be clear. I am not here as a politician or a dramatist or, or sensationalizing what I'm recommending. I'm going to be very clear and very simple. All I ask. With more than 50 toppings, there's something for every resolution. Oh Hello, Bistro. Eat awesome. Be sure about the effect. Choose the original CoQ10 used in research. Is for the NIH to review our data that we've compiled of all of the emerging data. We have almost 30 studies. Everyone is reliably and reproducibly positive, showing the dramatic impacts of ivermectin. Please, I'm just asking that they review our manuscript. It is a serious manuscript by serious, highly experienced physicians and researchers. We, we have... I cannot call on more credibility than we have. We're not just a, a random doctor who's saying that we have a cure. I don't want to say I have a cure. I'm just asking review our data. We have immense amounts of data to show that ivermectin must be implemented and implemented now. Senator, the last thing I want to say is, you know who's dying here? It's, it's our African-American and Latino and elderly. It's some of the most disadvantaged and impoverished members of our society. They are dying at higher rates than anyone else. It's the most, it's, it's, it's the most severe discrepancy I've seen in my medical career. And we are responsible to protect those disadvantaged members. We have a special duty to provide countermeasures. The amount of evidence to show that ivermectin is life-saving and protective is so immense. And the drug is so safe. My colleagues have talked about it. It must be instituted and implemented. I'm asking the NIH to review our data and come up with recommendations. Okay. Uh, for some reason, that got cut off. Um, Welcome to this video. The topic, as you'll have seen from the title, is ivermectin. Now, there's been quite a lot of debate about this, and uh, material has been reviewed from social media, from multiple sites, for making false claims. So I won't be making any claims, I'll just be looking at the evidence and the literature. And it goes without saying that you would never ever take any medicine as a result of anything that was said on this channel. You always go through your own doctor, that's why you have your own personalised doctors. Now ivermectin is a drug that's fairly well known, it's been, I think it came out in 1975. And in, in the UK, if we want to know about drugs, we go to the British National Formulary under the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, and there we find information about this drug. Mm. And what we find is it's actually indicated for parasitic infections. Mm. So uh, for topical use on the skin, for various types of worms and parasites. 
and it's been used extensively overseas for parasites, including nasty condition of the skin called scabies. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's quite a few limitations on its use. Um, so it's, uh, it's not advised for various uh, conditions uh, like pregnancy and uh, lactation, I don't think. It's, uh, what does it say? Manufacturers advise a void on pregnancy. Manufacturers advise a void on breastfeeding, hepatic pairment. Manufacturers advise caution. So we can see that this is a, this drug, like all others, it's got to be used specifically for specific indication prescribed by your own doctor. It's not a straightforward, simple matter. It's not like taking a vitamin supplement. This is a completely different category of a, of a substance. Mm. And it also does have some drug uh, interactions, which we might have. Where have we got the interactions? There are some interactions with other drugs because th th this can happen when you give one drug, it can interact with some other medicines. Mm -hmm. So here we see uh, it uh, can interact with this drug here, which is a oral anticoagulant, this drug here, which is a, that's another anti-parasite one for uh, uh, roundworms and hookworms. And that's warfarin, which is called Coumadin in the United States. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I've got that message across now. There's always a degree of complexity to the medications, and these have to be prescribed by doctors. Right now, but let's get let's getting on to looking at uh, the, 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 this medicine in a little more detail now. What, what's sort of known about it? Um, so there's in vitro activity uh, against viruses on the lab bench in glass. But we've seen this with other drugs that, that, that have been uh, good in uh, vitro activity, but not necessarily transposing in vivo into the living subject. But good against a wide range of viruses in vitro. Uh, and in vitro antiviral studies have been shown to work uh, some efficacy against dengue, influenza, Zika virus. Uh, in vitro antiviral activity has been demonstrated against SARS coronavirus 2. So it's getting interesting already. Big reduction in viral numbers after 48 hours in in vitro studies. Worldwide use uh, for treating COVID-19. Um, it's been used unofficially in quite a few places. But what can we make of this data is what we need to look at. But it's been used extensively. Apparently about 3.7 billion doses have been used over the past 30 years for treating parasites. So what we're looking at is a drug that's established for treating parasitic infections. So this is like a parasite. Now, for some time on this channel, we've been looking at information from the East Virginia Medical COVID. School protocol. And let's just look at that briefly on, the, uh, on, on their site now. And again, we can go to the live feed from the East Virginia Medical School, which is here. So, um, we've, this is this has got some very interesting, useful graphics on. So we can see they advocate this thing called the Math Plus Protocol, Hi. and that they're part of this frontline COVID nineteen critical care alliance group. By the looks of this, and we've seen this diagram several times before, where we have viral replication in the early stages, viral debris, ongoing immune dysregulation, as we've seen. And they're clearly recommending Invermectin as part of their treatment protocol. 
And uh, the, the key thing about this disease they're sta- saying is that various drugs need to be given at the right time, which is, is, is true. And here they're looking at various pharmacological interventions. I'm not going to go through them all, but information they're saying benefit, benefit, benefit. So this is clearly uh, the, 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 their, their view of uh, this drug is um, efficacious um, according to their, their, their protocols, or that's their belief. So let, let's look at what's, uh, a few highlights of what they've said. Uh, basically, to condense what they've said, and if I've misrepresented them, I hope they'll uh, come on and correct this, but uh, this is my understanding of what they've said. So they've said that uh, ivermectin is useful for pre-exposure prophylaxis in high-risk patients or potential patients. Um, pre-exposure prophylaxis, so they're saying this can be used to prevent COVID-19 infection or has use as a possible indication in pre-exposure prophylaxis. Symptomatic patients at home, mildly symptomatic patients in hospital and patients with progressive respiratory symptoms. And they consider it, later on, they use the term wonder drug, which um, I must say, it's a bit of a surprising term for, for a, um, a website like this to use, but nevertheless, that's what, that's what they say. Uh, ivermectin inhibits viral replication and has potent anti-inflammatory properties, as steroids indeed have anti-inflammatory properties, so we know that can be useful. There's the potential for serious drug interactions. I'm glad they mentioned that. Um, Additional studies are urgently required to confirm these very impressive preliminary findings. So this is what they're saying. And this is the point of this video, really. Um, I think the evidence for ivermectin efficacy in COVID-19 has accumulated to the point now where regulatory authorities around the world and governments around the world need to be looking at this seriously to decide if they want to include it in in their treatment protocols. I think that's kind of where we are at. It sounds like they should. Paper published on the 7th of December, um, review of the emerging emerging evidence demonstrating the efficacy of ivermectin and the prophylaxis of treatment of COVID-19, 17th of December, and this is from this group, Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. And we're going to look at their site uh, in a minute. We've got a, I've got a live feed of their site there. But just before we do that, we'll notice their one-sentence summary of the accumulated information. Um, review of recent available clinical trial, trial results demonstrate efficacy of ivermectin in prophylaxis and treatment of COVID-19. So that is a cut and paste from their, from their site. So let's look at this uh, site and see if these people are credible. Uh, here we are. So um, Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, direct from their site. Um, now, here we have the, uh, the authors and here we have their affiliations and we can see they're from reputable organizations. Now, here we have their uh, enhanced uh, abstract. So this group was set up in March 2020 as an expert panel uh, called the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. So read through that yourself and and see what it says. Um, But basically, they're expressing dissatisfaction here. Based on a recent series of negative published therapeutic trials resulting results, in particular the Solidarity Trial, 
this virtually eliminates any treatment role for remdesivir, hydroxychloroquine and other medicines there. So that they're saying that they, they do not seem to be effective. Fair enough. Now let's look at what they are saying here. Despite the growing list of failed therapeutics in COVID-19, the FLCCC recently discovered that ivermectin, an antiparasite medicine, was highly, po was highly potent, real-world antiviral and anti-inflammatory. Uh, properties against SARS coronavirus 2 and COVID-19. Okay, this conclusion is based on the increasing study results reporting effectiveness not only within in vitro and animal models, but also in numerous clinical trials from centres and countries around the world. Um, but let's look at, keep, keep going. Um, repeated, consistent, large magnitude improvements in clinical outcomes have now been reported when ivermectin is used not only as a prophylactic agent but also in mild, moderate and even severe disease states for multiple large random, randomised and observational controlled trials. But as we'll see, this is going to be the crux of the matter. Um, we are limited for uh, double-blind randomised controlled trials at the moment. Further data shows impact on population-wide health outcomes have resulted from multiple large natural experiments that appear to have occurred when various regional health ministries and governments or authorities within South American countries uh, started, uh, initiated ivermectin distribution campaigns to their citizen population in hopes the drug would prove effective. The tight reproducible temporality, so, so that means that the improvements occurred after the ivermectin was started, there's a temporal relationship associated decreases in cases and case fatality rates in each of those regions compared to nearby regions without such campaigns suggest that ivermectin is proving to be a global solution to this pandemic bold claims uh, indeed this yeah, is now further good. evidenced in recent incorporation of ivermectin as a prophylactic treatment agent in covid19 in the national treatment guidelines of egypt as well as the state of Uttar Pradesh in northern india populated by 210 million people so um, given that this group um, is so enthusiastic about ivermectin and g given the, uh, the apparent high credibility of this group combined with East Virginia Medical School, and we might, we, well, we'll see how we go for time, but we have a paper we can look at. Um, it, it really is time for governments around the world to start reviewing this because we are entering into a winter of some urgency as regards the covid 19 um, pandemic and then we have that um, one sentence review review of recently available clinical trials uh, demonstrating efficacy of ivermectin in prophylaxis and treatment of COVID-19 and you know if you're interested do go on read that document it gives a lot of detailed referenced information it's, um, it's a well written academic document there's no question about that so I think um, what this means is governments around the world need to look at this, take this seriously and uh, start considering this. Now, in terms of the UK, I've heard no mention of this whatsoever as, as of now, because even although the United States thankfully has now approved the, uh, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, we know that it's not going to have a significant effect on this pandemic for some time, whereas a therapeutic or even a prophylactic agent could be uh, massively useful at this 
period of time. Now, what we're a bit limited on here really is, um, did, I, did I go, did I do that bit? I can't remember. Yeah, t t here we are, Outlook. To our knowledge, the current review uh, is the earliest to compile sufficient clinical data to demonstrate a strong signal of therapeutic efficacy based on numerous clinical trials in multiple disease phases. But they are honest and go on and say, however, it's limited by the fact that uh, a minority of studies have been published in peer-reviewed publications, with the majority of results compiled from manuscripts uploaded to medicine preprint service, which of course haven't been peer-reviewed, or from uh, registered trials that have posted preliminary results on clinicaltrials.gov. Uh, therefore, it's imperative that our major national and international health care agencies be made aware of this emerging data in order to devote the necessary resources to more quickly validate these studies, or indeed not validate these studies. We mustn't jump to conclusions and confirm the uh, major positive epidemiological impacts that have been recorded when ivermectin is widely distributed amongst the population and high incidences of COVID-19 infection, or, or, or indeed not confirm. So I, I completely agree that the case has been made that governments and authorising agencies around the world need to look at this with a level of urgency. From what I know so far, that's, that's what I can say. But it is important to remember that in, in this concept of evidence-based medicine, the, 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 the fact that we need to have um, evidence, doctors need evidence, any healthcare provider needs evidence for, for what they're doing. And there's really three components to that. One component, of course, is research, preferably randomised or blind control trial data. But when we haven't got that, we, we, we do use expert opinion. So expert opinion, accumulated expert opinion, is the way that a lot of uh, healthcare interventions are actually evidenced at the moment. And the third is patient acceptability. So um, we've got a group of experts saying, yeah, th this seems to work, they're giving good evidence. We're in an emergency situation. I feel that government should move really, really quickly on this. Um, I think that's the main thing I want to say. I, I will give you just, just one trial I've, look, I've been looking at. Um, and again, as this data said, we are, we are limited. But there again, we're in a, in a difficult situation. So th th this is called the use of ivermectin is, is associated with lower mortality in hospitalized patients with uh, coronavirus disease. So this is part of what's called the ICON study. This was published back in October, actually. Um, and again, the, the link's there, read it for yourself. Research question, how does uh, Ivermectin benefit hospitalized uh, coronavirus disease COVID-19 patients? So again, this is not a clinical trial, but they took conse consecutive hosp patients hospitalized. Four hospitals mostly, I think, in Southern Florida with confirmed COVID-19 between March and May treated with or without ivermectin. So again, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a proper clinical trial, but it's a, it's a systematic collection of data, which is, is good, if not as good. The, the primary outcomes they looked at were people dying in hospital, and they looked at secondary outcomes as well to see if this was working. Secondary outcomes are mortality in patients with severe pulmonary involvement. Extubation rates means taking the breathing tube out of their tracheas out of their throats. Uh, extubation rates for mechanically ventilated patients and length of hospital stay.
Right, so severe pulmonary involvement, these patients needed more than 50% oxygen or they needed to be actually invasively ventilated with a breathing tube. Results from the review, now they've got 280 patients here, now this is not as big a sample as we would like, or obviously you want the biggest sample you can get, but that's what this study is reporting, so let's carry on. So Invermectin treated patients 173. Patients not given ivermectin, 107. So essentially, this is kind of like a control group, even though it's not a proper clinical trial. So the patients treated with ivermectin, the overall mortality was found to be 15%. Uh, the patients not given ivermectin, the overall fatality was uh, found to be 25%. Odds ratio of 0.52. Not quite half, but, 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 uh, but good. So... Fair enough that the ivermectin group uh, that they found from this consecutively recruited study, ivermectin treated 15% mortality, not given ivermectin 25% mortality. Of course, these were patients already in poorly in hospital. Mortality associated with severe pulmonary involvement in the patients treated with ivermectin was uh, 39%. In the patients with severe pulmonary involvement not treated with ivermectin, uh, a big Difference, nearly 81%. Mm. Many more people died in the group not given ivermectin. Mm -hmm. No significant difference were found in extubation rates or length of stay, so that didn't seem to make a difference. Uh, most patients in both groups also received hydroxychloroquine or azithromycin or both. And this is the trouble with these studies. It, it's, it's, confused. it's confused by these confounding effects this is the great thing about a proper clinical trial. You give one intervention and you measure the efficacy of this intervention because the control group is treated in exactly the same way in every way apart from the fact it's not given the, interve the, the intervention. This is clearly what we need. The question is, will regulatory authorities around the world take the accumulated evidence that's been presented so far um, by this group and consider that that is sufficient to, to modify their protocols is, is, the, is the question. Uh, as, anyways, regards to this study we're looking at just now, um, so regards to this study here that we're just looking at, this one, that one, um, the authors interpret their results uh, as follows. Ivermectin treatment was associated with lower mortality during treatment of COVID-19, especially in patients with severe pulmonary involvement. And of course, they go on to say that randomised controlled trials are needed to confirm these findings. Obviously, randomised controlled trials are needed to confirm these findings. So, um, my role is not to pass judgment on it. I've just reported what other experts have said. But I do feel the evidence is strong enough for governments and regulatory authorities to start looking at this uh, as, as a matter of some priority. Because if we can save some lives this winter, that oh, would yeah. be good. Definitely. Because the winter is difficult in many parts of the world at the moment. Absolutely. Okay, more on that as it comes. Um, if, we find, if I find any more trial data, I'll certainly bring it. But that is where I see we are at uh, at the moment with, with, with ivermectin. It's interesting how he always just um, this stops. This life-saving device stop. You know, he doesn't uh, 
do very much, you know, in the way of saying goodbye. He just ends it. But thank you for listening today, and I hope that something in there was helpful for you or interesting for you. And I hope you have a nice evening and a good dinner. Bye-bye.